We're having a good time, we're heading dusty, heading dusty, yeah. Gonna feel all right, we're heading dusty, heading dusty, yeah. If you need some laughs, if you need some cries, you're ready for the best time of your life. Just listen up, soak it in. You're gonna feel just fine. We're having a good time, having a good time, having a good time. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name's Dusty Slay. I'm your host. I am uh, at home in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, off the road for a few days, and I've been lounging. Today, my, my wife, uh, Hannah Hogan, is at work, and I'm just hanging out at the house. I've watched two 80s, 90s movies. Yo, One with Kurt Russell and Robin Williams called Best of Times. Uh, It was great. I mean, Kurt Russell was, uh, he was the old quarterback, and Robin Williams was an old wide receiver that missed the big catch. And his town, which already had a bad reputation, was ruined. That football game ruined their town. And Robin Williams needed to get his life back on track. So he decided, you know what? It's been 13 years. Let's redo that game. So he got everybody involved. He tricked them, but he got the whole town involved. He seemed to revive the whole town over this game. And they had a dance, and people were partying. And it was just a great time. And Kurt Russell had you know, he injured his knee as quarterback. So he went on to be a guy that he was a van guy. He worked on vans and painted vans. And then, uh, so he was like, I don't want to give this up. But his, his marriage was falling apart. Robin Williams' life was falling apart in the movie. So eventually they all agreed, let's play the game. Let's get out there. Let's play this football game. And then they found out that the opposing team, not only was the opposing team the coach of the opposing team was Robin Williams' father-in-law, but the team was in great shape. It's like the whole team went on to play professional football and just came back to do this gig for fun. And the first half, they really beat up the team. I mean, like the steam was really taken out of the engine. You know what I mean? Like they were bummed. The, the big team was beating Robin Williams and Kurt Russell, and they were losing everything. And then a good halftime rally, a few things went down. It started to rain, and apparently Robin Williams' teams is better after it rains because they became like this amazing defense, and the other team didn't even score a point. They came back, they won. Robin Williams got to catch the ball. Both of their marriages were saved. I cried one time. And it's a good movie. I was really into it. So much so that I was watching it on Amazon Prime that the moment it was over, I searched movies similar to this or whatever that category is. And I watched a movie called High School USA. I believe it was in the 80s or early 90s. And I didn't really know who was going to be in the movie. I just read the description and I said, this seems to fit the mood. This is what I'm into right now. Late 80s, early 90s movies about high school and or high school sports. And so I found this and Michael J. Fox is in it. And I didn't realize that. I'm a big fan. I almost watched Doc Hollywood, but it wasn't available with Prime and that would have cost me two ninety nine. And I thought, you know what? I bet I can find a better deal uh, that just satisfies the mood. I, I've seen Doc Hollywood lots of times. Great movie. If you haven't seen it, spend the two ninety nine. I would have spent it, but I've already seen it a million times. If you haven't seen it, spend the money. I'd say spend the twelve ninety nine. Try to get a regular copy of it. Have it at your home. In case you need to watch the DVD when the internet's down, you can still catch. A little Doc Hollywood. I recommend it. But this was High School USA. And I'm just sitting there 
and who else is in it? A lot of people that I recognize. I feel like the the really attractive woman off the TV show Wings was in the movie. I don't know her name. Um, I'm pretty sure it's her. It's great, great character. Loved it. Um, the guy who played Goose in Top Gun. Uh, he was the he was the bad guy. He was the rich. Uh, the tall, blonde, rich, white kid that everyone hated. And, you know, they make you hate him. I mean, he's a hateful character. Um, classic character. And then, you know, like any 80s movie, uh, you have a robot that someone has built. There's a robot being built. It's Michael J. Fox's friend. He's a scientist. And, all right, so what happens is Michael J. Fox is going after goose's girlfriend and goose's girlfriend's really she's working it like she's like listen i want all the perks of dating the rich guy but i'd rather have the down-to-earth guy like michael j fox who cares about my feelings right so she's really playing both ball fields she's getting to be with the in crowd but still getting her uh emotional attention so she's kind of playing both fields and michael j fox is just getting beat up you know left and right because the rich kid's on to him. He wasn't even slick about it. He's on to him, and he's constantly beating him up. And then I'm pretty sure that Michael J. Fox's friend, his other friend, is his dad in Back to the Future. I think that man's name is Crispin Glover, and he's in it. Very funny. Weird character, but very funny. And then they have another friend, you know, another goofball, and so, you know, they're always getting picked on and getting into trouble, too. But Crispin Glover's dad gets a new car. I believe it's the car, Trans Am. Pretty, pretty tight car and fast. And he doesn't want anybody touching it, you know. But Michael J. Fox challenges Goose to a race, and so he needs the car. So then the lady from Wings tricks Crispin Glover and their friend, uh, and gets them to wreck the car. So the race is now going to be off because Michael J. Fox doesn't have the car. He's going to lose $1,000. And where, honestly, where's he going to get $1,000? They make it pretty clear in the movie that his dad's not around. And he doesn't seem to have his mom around. I don't even know how he's getting money. And he definitely doesn't have $1,000. So what do they do? They decide to team up. And his friend who built a robot, he figures, hey, you've never worked on a car before, but I bet if we can steal a city bus, you can take that engine out of that bus and put that into this old Mustang shell that we have here and make it run like a dream. And what do you know? First shot, he nails it. Michael J. Fox drives down in this weird-looking car uh, with all this like scientific-looking stuff coming out of the hood, and he wins the race. He wins the race. Goose's life is ruined. He still has the girl. He finally because the girl from Wings really wanted to date him, so he does have her now, uh, and I think he's still rich. So I think he's fine. But you know, his high school rep is ruined. He's no longer king of the school. Michael J. Fox immediately says, listen, we just got rid of one king. We don't need another. Let's play another song. And then they dance. There's dancing in both of the movies that I watched today. There's big scenes, emotional parts, um, a lot of heart in it. And at the end of the day, you know, Robin Williams caught the ball. Michael J. Fox got the girl. And the girl got a guy that uh, uh, respects her cares about her so i really i've really had a great time watching these movies today you know i just feel like i don't watch as a lot of new stuff i've been watching seinfeld um just but i bought some i went to mckay's bookstore here in nashville bought some dvds of seinfeld and i just put them in and uh hilarious i love it i'm tired of streaming stuff right I mean, I just stream two things, so I'm not that tired of it. But, you know, sometimes they don't have the movie that you want to watch, or they don't have the TV show that you want to watch. So I just go and buy my own DVDs now, and I'm into it. I ordered the entire uh, the entire show of The Office. I think 
all episodes in a box out there. I may be the only person left still ordering box sets of DVDs, but I tell you, I'm into DVDs. I'm into it. I if I go to a flea market and they got they got DVDs, I'll get a couple. I'm not even necessarily looking sometimes, but I'm like, ooh, RoboCop two? Yeah, I'll add that to the collection. Will I watch it? I don't know. It's hard to say. But it looks good in the in the DVD book. I have a DVD book. You know, what really bums me out, though, is when I buy a DVD for the book and it's just like a silver CD. Right? Because I'm like, what is this? This doesn't look good in my book. You know, if you, you get close, you can see around the edge and go, oh, okay, this is RoboCop 2. That's pretty cool. But... I'd rather, you know, have some artwork on the DVD, have RoboCop standing there with a gun, you know, something like that. I don't know what that movie was all about. I never was that into RoboCop. Bit bloody for me. I, you know, I like, I like some, I just don't like seeing people get shot a bunch. It's always weird, like Reservoir Dogs, weird scene when they're riding in the car and the one guy is shot in the stomach. And they're all, you know, they're telling him to be quiet, but also you're going to live, keep talking. I don't remember. I'm not into that. And then they're like trying to cut off that man's ear later. They lit him on fire. I can't get into those kind of things. But um, I'm off. I'm off track here. But I've had a good time. I've been I've been on the road quite a bit. Um, Where we've been, where we're going, where they going. Where they been? Where they going? Where, where they been? Where we're going? Where we've been? Oh, I just uh, I just got back from a trip. I, I went and I, I I talked about my last podcast. I was in Houston, and then I went to Wichita on a Monday night. Uh, we had a, a huge crowd, especially for a Monday. I was very shocked. I had a great Monday crowd, hot hot audience. I mean, they got into the show. I mean, I had um, um, two other uh, comics uh, from Wichita on the show with me, uh, Lenny Van Horn and uh, Megan Welch, uh, and they're awesome. The show was so great, and uh, I got to hang with Biggs and Wiz and Dan, Dan Lane, and um, we went out to barbecue. We went to uh, barbecue in Wichita. It's called Pig In, Pig Out. Great brisket. I ate a lot of brisket on this trip. I had brisket in Houston. Then I had brisket in Wichita. And, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was great. And then I drove out. I was I was in Wichita. I flew into Wichita, and then I drove out to uh, Fort Hayes. Hayes, Kansas. Drove way out to Fort Hayes. Um, about three hours outside of Wichita, deep into Kansas. And I went there to a college, which I always get a little nervous about colleges because, you know, I've always heard that, you know, everybody's very sensitive and that they don't want to laugh at anything. So I'm just so nervous about it. And then I got there and this this, this place was packed and they had a great stage. And I went out and I just started telling jokes and they just started laughing. And then we just had a good time. And then I just did a straight hour set there. What's weird about a college gig and a corporate gig a lot of times is that there is no opener. There is no warm-up. There's no host. There may be somebody like the, you know, there was a girl uh, who um, who ran the whole thing. Her name was Sit Lolly and um, from Kansas. And she, in- very nice. She was very nice. And uh, she introduced me. And she did say some credits, and she got them right, which was nice. Uh, for people who don't know, a credit is when they'll say, this comic was on The Tonight Show. So it's like, if there's people in the audience that have never seen me before and have no idea who I am, um, which is most of the time, you uh, saying that you're on The Tonight Show at least helps ensure that the audience will go, oh, okay, well, at least he's done something, right? It, you know, they have no idea. I think, you know, you can even make them up, but... It's just a good thing to kind of set you up. Sometimes people don't do that well. They'll go, this next comic's from Kentucky, right? And I won't even be from, so they don't even get my town name right. So that happens less and less now. But 
Uh, so Sit Lolly was great. She brought me up. The audience was nice. Wonderful show. And I like the town of Hayes. I drove it around it a, a, it a bit. I got some video of it. I'll, I'll post that one day on my YouTube. Uh, I'll get it up. And then after that, I flew out to L.A. I spent the night in L.A. My friend Evan Burke came out to my hotel. And we hung out. And there was a hot tub. We hung out in the hot tub. And uh, we talked. And me and Evan walked down to the hot tub. And there was a couple in there. And I felt like the, cu- the couple was for sure making out. And it felt like other stuff was about to go down. But I was like, you know what? I've been traveling a lot. I'd actually like to sit in the hot tub. I'm not, I don't sit in the hot tub a lot, but I thought, this sounds like a great idea. I put my swimming trunks on. I went down. And I wasn't going to go back inside because these people were making out in the hot tub. I was like, nah, if you, you're fine to make out here. But I'm going to be sitting right next to you. So it's up to you. And they felt pretty irritated that we came. But it's also like, don't be banging in the hot tub, right? Like, I want to sit out here in the hot tub, too. We're all renting a hotel, uh, hopefully. Uh, you got a bed in there. You know, don't be, don't be banging out here in the hot tub where I'm just trying to relax. I got some sore back muscles that I'm trying to, I'm trying to get a little jet stream on. I'm trying to get a jet stream to really hit me in that muscle and that nerve. Put some hotness on it. And um, so that's what I'm trying to do. So we got in there, and then another group of people came out. Uh, and the guy was like, "You guys have any rolling papers?" And we were like, "No, we don't have any rolling papers. You know, get a, you know, get a pipe. It's 2019. You know, <laughs> just okay." And uh, but no, we did not have it. And. Uh, uh, and then a, a bunch of other people came out, and the guy was like sitting in the safety chair, like he was he was bigger, and he was like sitting in the safety chair, just swinging around out there. I guess that's what you call it. That's the chair that's always out there by the pool, like a public pool. I guess it's for rescuing people. I don't even know how it works. I guess if they're drowning, you you lure that chair out there, and they sit down in it, and you can bring them out. I don't know, but he's sitting in it, and eventually we get out of there. But it was a good time. Next day, I went to um, a studio and was on a TV show with David Spade, Lights Out with David Spade, and that was great. I'm a huge David Spade fan. I've always liked his movies. I liked him on SNL. Uh, He's so funny, and I was happy to meet him and be on that show. And Guy Branham, I've worked with a couple of times, was on the show, and then Vanessa Beyer is on SNL, I believe, and uh, she was very nice and very funny. I say I believe because I don't watch the show. I'm always doing comedy on Saturday night, so I don't. And to be honest with you, by the time I get to Saturday, usually I've done like five shows, and uh, I'm not running back to my hotel to watch more comedy. You know, I'm pretty done with it. Uh, but so anyway, but the show was fun. It was really good. I don't do a lot of panels, uh, and I felt like I'm going to be honest. I felt like I did pretty well for my first panel. First televised panel. I've done some panels here and there, but a televised panel, I'm like, oh man, if these jokes that I just wrote don't go well, uh, well, I'm gonna look like I'm bombing out here. And I wasn't bombing. I had a great vape joke. I think it made it made the it made the cut for the whole show, but it didn't uh, didn't make the cut on the internet content, and that's okay. I like my stuff being on YouTube anyway. Um, so. And then after that, I flew from L.A. to Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Oh, Canada, our home and native land, true patriot love, with all our sons command. I did the Edmonton Comedy Festival, and I worked with a bunch of Canadian comedians. And I didn't realize, I mean, you know, I, I do so many American festivals that I don't think about if, and, I, and, and even Montreal, like I did the comedy festival in Montreal, which is also in Canada, but mainly Americans up there, or at least people that live in America now. And then I do the Edmonton Comedy Festival, and I'm there with a lot of Canadian comedians. And they were hilarious. Uh, a lot of them, I would say I've you know I've never heard of I don't think they've heard of me. Um, there was um, 
Emo Phillips was there. Uh, he's very funny. Uh, Mike Vecchion from New York was there. Very funny. Uh, my friend DJ Demers, also there. Very funny. But DJ is Canadian. And, uh, but yeah, most everybody else I did not know. And it was great. I hung out with them. We went, I went to, um, well, I'll talk about where I went to eat, but I hung out with them in a diner and uh, a few few guys and just talked and I watched everybody's comedy and I just was really blown away. It was just nice, creative comedy. You know, a lot of the, my favorite comedians, you know, you'll find out they're from Canada like you don't even know. And then my wife will tell me when people are from Canada. But Canada's got really funny people and I was just really blown away by the comics that I saw at the Edmonton Comedy Festival. It's very exciting. Very exciting. And um, and then from there, I came home. I got home on Sunday, and I've just been here. I've been camped out. I leave again tomorrow, but I am camping out, and it feels great. Um, so that's where I've been. And then I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to L.A. tomorrow to do a show. I don't know if it's on TV or not, but I'm going there to do a show. And then on Saturday, I'll be in Rock Springs, Wyoming for a comedy show for the Special Olympics. So I'm going to fly into Salt Lake City on Friday and rent a car and drive through Wyoming. I'm all about this drive-through Wyoming experience. I want to see what that's all about. I've driven through Montana and through Colorado, and I'd like to see what Wyoming's all about. And I think I can do that best if I get to drive through as opposed to just flying into an airport. And then I will just fly out of there and come back to Nashville. Um, so that's what I'm up to next week. Uh, actually, next and then next Monday I'll be at Zany's doing a thing with um, the Grand Ole Opry. The Grand Ole Opry is filming a stand-up series, and I'm going to be hosting two shows on Monday. And then Tuesday of next week I'll be at the Grand Ole Opry. So exciting stuff coming up. Lots happening. I said boo on the road. Boo on the road. Some food on the road. I said I had barbecue in Wichita. I also had um, some brisket at a place called Meat in Canada uh, in Edmonton. And it was amazing. It was a really good brisket. I mean, they say you can order a pound or a half pound. I ordered a half pound of brisket. Some baked beans and a pickle. And then I took a little bite. I, I would take a little piece of the meat, a little slice of pickle, some beans, dip it in the mustard, eat that in one bite, and it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I ate that, and then I didn't eat a regular meal for two days, I think. So good, so filling, amazing. The show, <coughs> The shows were great. And um, I wanted to say, I don't know if I talked about this. I had talked about going to the Angus Barn a couple of weeks ago, which was fantastic. I love the Angus Barn. Uh, thank you, Larry Weaver, for showing me that. I actually just went and had food with my friend Andy Forrester, who was in town taping a Grand Old Opry thing. Um, and we had food at a place called Burger Up. But I'm not eating burgers, right, because I don't eat bread anymore. So I just had some wings, but it was a good spot. But Andy is from Raleigh. Uh, anyway, so I, before I went to the Angus barn, I went to go, me and, uh, uh, my friend Matt, we stopped at another diner, uh, on our way back home from Raleigh. This doesn't make a lot of sense. Bear with me. On our way back home from Raleigh, me and Matt stopped at a diner before we went on to the barbecue place that we went to. And, uh, we went in and this place had looked like it had just been full because every table was dirty. Every table had something on it or at least someone sitting there, even at the bar, all around the bar. So we sat down at the corner of the bar and the lady just comes and grabs the dishes out of the way, like doesn't wipe the table down. You know, I'm no neat freak. I'm no germaphobe, but at least give me the wipe down, you know? And and then we get the and then everybody's joking around in the restaurant that works there and then you can see the kitchen. Sometimes it's better if you just can't see things. And then uh they have like a million things on the menu. So we just left. We were like, we gotta get out of here. Um But so that's what I've been up to. I mean the, the, the journey that I just did on the road was uh 
quite fun. Uh, you know, I rented a car in Wichita and drove out to Hayes. So I got to, anytime you get to fly multiple places, rent a car in between, do a little driving, it adds to the excitement. I got to go to LA, have some meetings, eat at some restaurants, talk to some people. Uh, all very fun stuff. All very fun. Here's a conspiracy. Bigfoot. Urban legends. Ghosts exist. Okay, so I was watching YouTube the other day, and I stumbled on a conspiracy about the Bermuda Triangle, right? I got to admit, it was a little boring to me at this point. But when I was a kid, I remember having these books. I would have these, like, mystery books. You remember back, I don't know, some of you are going to remember this. Other people, maybe not. But there was a time when we didn't carry a device in our pocket that had every answer to everything we could ever want. I'm not trying to sound like some, like, old dude that was like, let me tell you back in the day. I'm just saying, I've... I didn't get a smartphone until I was about 25. So I vivid, and then, I, you know, I didn't have a computer with good internet till I was at least 22 or 23. You know, I mean, so maybe even the phone was more like 26 or 27. I don't know. Um, but majority of my life, I wasn't able to just access anything I ever wanted at my fingertips. Um, so I used to have this collection of books. It was like mystery books. And then I would look through and it would be like, like kind of an unsolved mystery type book, mysterious places. And they would talk about the Bermuda Triangle. And I just remember being so wowed by this idea that there was a, a, uh, you know, a triangle uh, of water that if you fly over it, chances are you could crash. Or if you're a boat, you could sink because so many boats and planes have sank there. So I was watching this video yesterday, and they were talking about these uh, these type of holes in the ocean that form like little whirlpools, and they don't know where that water goes. But they say that couldn't have an effect on a plane. It could a boat, but not a plane. So we don't know why things are going down. Nobody has any real answers Um you know, one guy was saying he thinks that, you know, people just get confused. They fly for too long. They can't tell what's the sky and what's the ocean. They get confused. They panic. They wreck. That was one theory. I believe that could happen. But why in this same spot all the time? Maybe it's just a busier way. And then they just kind of grazed over these whirlpools in the ocean. Like, they say that we've only explored like 10% of the ocean. So by my calculations, that means that there's 90% of the ocean we have not explored. So I want to know what's down there. I mean, what's going on? Why? This is, I tried to make a joke about this. People never laugh at it. They do not like it. But I'm like, why are we trying to explore space when we need to put our energy into exploring the ocean. Let's see what's going on down there. That's what I want to know. If we, I mean, what kind of uh, animals could be out there in that ocean? That freaks me out. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? 90%? We've only discovered 10. We've been all over the place. Sometimes you think that we've discovered everything. We're always like... I. I at least that's how I feel sometimes. Like, that's how I felt about animals for a long time. I'm like, I guess we've discovered all the animals. We must have discovered them all by now. But then an animal will pop up. I heard that they didn't even discover gorillas until like the early 1900s. It's kind of my, they thought the gorilla was a myth. It's pretty mind blowing. What could be down in the ocean? Scary stuff. Um, I got bored pretty fast with the Bermuda Triangle video, as I am with the topic. But I think that when I was a kid, it was very mysterious. I mean, there were all kinds of things like that. You know, like Bigfoot was always a big one back then until there was a million Bigfoot documentaries. And aliens and ghosts and all that sort of stuff always creeped me out. 
Hannah's been given ghost tours, uh, or she's trained to give some ghost tours at the Hermitage, and uh, I am not into that. I was like, I don't even want you to tell me the ghost stories. Story time with Dusty and Hannah. I used to love a good ghost story, and then I'd be freaked out. It'd be in my mind from then on. I mean... Unsolved Mysteries will wreck your life. You start watching that, and then I wouldn't sleep with the door open at my house for years because I felt like that's where the ghost was going to come in and peer on me. Just look at me. Freaks me out. I think I saw a ghost in the old house we used to live in. I don't know what it was. I might have talked about it, but... Weird kind of... Something appeared in the room. I don't even know if I think ghosts are real, but I'm just going to tell you this happened. I was in bed, me and Hannah, and we were like in that state where you're like, you maybe have fallen asleep for a second, but now you're back awake. Um, but you're in a real, and the door, and the room was completely black. And I looked up, and at the foot of the bed, I saw a figure, so much so that I thought that it was a roommate had come in there to tell me something and I jumped up and then it was gone freaked me out was it a dream maybe I don't know but scary stuff that's why I don't even want to talk about ghost speaking of freaky stuff though yesterday me and Hannah went to the Parthenon and I gotta tell you that place is freaky I mean I've been there a couple of times but there's something inside it feels weird in there you go in, you're kind of like, oh, it's a huge building. You go in underneath, and then you, you kind of come up around these stairs. And when you come into this room, it's just a giant hollow room with columns in there, pillars. And then you kind of come around the pillar into the middle of the floor, and you see a 40 to 50-foot statue of Athena. And in her hand is like a 6-foot statue of Nike, and then her other hand, she has a shield that's guarding a giant snake. And on the shield is the head of Medusa. And on her chest, her breastplate is the uh, head of Medusa. And it's wicked in there. I mean, it feels weird. Uh, I enjoy going. I've been a couple of times. I think it's fun. It costs six bucks to get in. They're closed on Monday. I've been so many times and they've been closed on Monday, but we finally went when it was open. It's well worth it. I took some video. I'm going to make a video about it, but it's a good time. I mean, just wild in there. And um, when I was a kid, I used to catch, I have this joke where I say, we didn't have pets. We just had prisoners of nature. Right. And I used to catch all of these kinds of animals. I mean, just growing up around the country, I remember this guy. Uh, I don't know if he was dating my mom or my sister or if he was just a friend of the family. I don't know. This guy came over and he brought me this baby duck in a box. And I just thought it was the greatest thing. I was a little kid. I was probably like five or six. And I remember being so happy that I had that duck. And I just played with that duck the entire day. Me and that duck ran all around the trailer, just all inside the trailer, just playing. He was just quacking, quack, 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 quack. I mean, it was such a good time. And then later that night, I found him under the recliner, dead. He was not smushed by the recliner. I think he was exhausted. I think that I killed that duck through exhaustion because as a kid and up until the other day, I was just thinking about this the other day. I always thought that me and that duck were just having a good time. But in hindsight, I'm thinking that duck was probably terrified the entire day. I don't think this guy stole him from the mama duck, but something happened and the duck had gotten astray. So he brought it to me probably trying to score some points with one of the women in my life. And he gave me this duck, and I chased that duck 
to that duck, it was like a giant. He was being chased by a giant the entire day, and it exhausted him and killed him. And I'm sorry that happened. I didn't mean to kill that duck. But unfortunately, that's not the only scenario that I have like that. I mean, I had a squirrel that I found one time. I'm not even sure that it was a squirrel, to be honest. I used to have this uh, tree out behind the house, and one of my mom's boyfriends had started building me a tree house out there. He built the initial frame to get it off the ground, but then never finished it. I don't know if it was some type of partial motivation thing where he's like, I'll get it started, you complete it, or if it was like, Hey, me and your mom are, you know, we're getting together, so I'll start this to score points, and then I'll uh, not follow through. Either way, doesn't matter. What's what good is a clubhouse? Let's be honest. Once you, the fun is building the clubhouse. Once you get the clubhouse built, we're we just gonna we're gonna just sit in here on wood. You know, we can look at our playboys in my room. You know, we don't have to hide out here. It's not the 1950s, and. Uh, so we had this tree out there, and then on one of the branches, we had all carved our initials, and then one guy carved Ice Ice Baby in there. Actually, that was those friends, that was James Decker, and then Brandon and Greg Stepp. Uh, I have a Polaroid with those four guys when we were little kids, and well, the, yeah, the four of us total, and I've recently been in contact with all of them. It's very nice. I saw Greg within the last couple of years, saw Brandon, and then I saw James not too long ago. So it's pretty exciting stuff because Brandon and Greg both moved away. Now, James is, lives out in Beauregard now, but uh, just outside of Opelika where I grew up. But but they've all moved away. We've all moved out of Opelika. Uh, so it's nice to see them. Not to, if I could get them all together, I would recreate the photo. And I may do that one day. Who's to say? But we had this tree out there, and one guy had carved Ice Ice Baby in it. That'll tell you the age. I mean, Ice Ice Baby was peak, uh, peak, uh, I don't know. It was top of the charts during that time. So that'll tell you the date. And we were just playing out there, and I found this rodent, not a rat, rodent-type thing on the ground. And I figured it had fallen from a nest, so I took it inside and I tried to feed it, and it died on the second day. So I don't have a lot of success rate rescuing animals. I try to. I once was cutting the grass, very tall grass, and I felt a grind, and I had run over a turtle. And it was still alive, but I had messed up the shell pretty bad. And I was, was pretty horrified by it, to be honest with you. I like turtles. I'm a big fan of turtles. Just the other day, I stopped the car to help a turtle get across the street. I'm a big fan of turtles. Um, so we took it down to Auburn University. My mom took me down there to the vet veterinary clinic, and they told me they were going to put a new shell over it. Now, they might have just killed that turtle, and they just made me feel better by saying they'll, they'll fix the shell. But that's what they told me they were going to do. And I did all that I could do to make this happen. I mean, I, you know, there's only so much I can do in these sort of situations. Um, let's just run through this. Uh, there was one time, and I might have talked about this already. I did tell this to someone. I don't know where I said it, but I used to have this metal trap that you could put down into the pond or lake, and you put a little bread in there, and a turtle can fight its way into that cage but then can't get out of that cage. So I was catching all of these little snapping turtles, and these things were awesome. And you could put them, you know, you put them into an aquarium, and you could watch them swim. And then if you put little minnows in there, it'll go down and chomp, eat these minnows in one bite. I mean, they're they're small; they're about the size of your hand. Uh, I don't know, like a kid, like a my hand as a kid. Um, but I mean, they can get you. I never got bit. I had a bunch of them, too. I caught so many. We ended up letting them all go, but I caught them. And then, you know, my school, you know, it's in Alabama. It's still in a rather country town. Opelika is not, you know, metropolis, but 
it's not way out in the country. And my dad lives way out in the country. So I brought one day for show and tell, like people were bringing their pets to school and I brought this turtle. And so this other girl had a little turtle and she had, now that turtle was her pet. It wasn't fair. I took the moment from her that day. It wasn't fair. She had a little turtle. That was her pet. She probably loved it. And she put it in there and she would put in these little granular type things, these, this little pet food. And the turtle would come up and chomp on it and all the kids were excited. And then I put my turtle into my aquarium and I put it in there with real fish. And my turtle chomped down on quite a few real fish. And it was a showstopper. I mean, it stole the show. And then the turtle got full pretty quick. And then it was, you know, back to whatever was happening because that's boring now. And and then I ended up letting that turtle go. Um, but I used to go after a, a day after it rained or just after a rain, my dad would drive me around in the truck on the old back roads and we pick up what we call terrapins i think you can call it a terrapin box turtle i think they're simple similar and we had i caught a bunch of those i had so many of those in a cage and uh you know after you keep a turtle like a box turtle because they'll go up in that shell but after you keep it for a couple of days um you know it gets hungry and it'll come out and you can feed it you just put some bread or some lettuce or something like that or even some worms Pretty fun to watch it eat a, a live worm. Uh, and once you feed it, they'll become your friend. You can pet them on the head. Uh, I had a great time with it. I had a couple of turtles that I really liked. Pretty sure I gave them Ninja Turtle names because that, that was a big hit when I was a kid. They really ruined those movies, though. Uh, those are not fun at all, and they have a good cast. It should be good, but it's not. And I don't know why they can't get it right. Maybe it's because it's tough to really get human size. Uh, cool dude turtles to seem realistic and fun. Maybe it's just for kids now. Even going back and rewatching the old ones, I think are pretty tough. I haven't tried in a while, but I feel like the last time I did, it was a real letdown because I remember when I was watching, I think it was the first Ninja Turtles where Shredder had this whole compound where all these punk rocker like Shredder team kids. What was that called? I forget what that was called. I'm not going to look it up, but I forget what the Shredder Squad was called. But they were all hanging out at this like cool spot where they had skateboards and ramps, and they had like, arcades, and I feel like girls were around. I was like, man, that seems pretty cool. Like The turtles are actually hanging out in a sewer with a rat. The best part of their day is they're eating pizza. Like It seems like the people in the Shredder camp were eating pizza too. You know, It's like anybody's getting pizza. And I always wanted to hang out at that club. But Shredder was not very cool. And, uh, oh, yeah, and then Casey Jones, that guy got up in there. That guy was fun. That actor, he was in a few things I liked. I can't think of any of them right now, but he was in a few things I liked. And let's see, some other turtles. I had uh, had a lot of fish. I used to catch minnows out of the pond and just populate my dad's aquarium with minnows from a pond. And that's what he had in his aquarium in his living room for a while. It's just minnows and brim that I would catch with a net. I also would catch, I caught a tadpole once. Once I caught a whole bunch of tadpoles and I put them in this aquarium. And I don't know what happened. I guess I just forgot that I had caught them. Because time had gone by, and then we rolled into the winter season, and we had a rare freeze. I guess it was the first freeze of the year. And that aquarium had froze. And I went out and got it, and I was like, oh, I bet all those tadpoles are dead now. You know, I guess I thought they had already died, but I thought for sure the ice had killed them. And we looked underneath, and we saw that there were two tadpoles still alive. So we chiseled through the ice, and then we got them out of the sink. My mom did, and she accidentally dropped one of the tadpoles down the sink. So he survived uh, being ripped from his habitat uh, through starvation, multiple season changes, and a freeze only to be dropped down the sink drain. And then after that... I kept the other. 
And it eventually started growing back legs. I was like, holy crap, this is happening right in front of my eyes. And then it started to grow front legs. And then it started to begin to look like a frog. And I went, my mom got me a new aquarium and we had, we built this whole habitat for it. And this frog would just live up in the aquarium. And then the trailer we lived in, flies used to get up in the window all the time. Not masses of flies, but one or two flies at a time. And you could catch them pretty easy in there. So I would catch a fly in that window and I would rip one of its wings off. And then I would put it into the aquarium where the frog could eat it. I had this whole thing going. Then one of my mom's boyfriends came over. I think it's the same guy throughout this whole story. This is all around the same time period. He brought over a another tadpole. Now, this was a bullfrog tadpole. I don't know what kind I had, but it was a much bigger tadpole. And it changed really fast. And it became a frog. So I had these two frogs in this aquarium that I had raised from tadpoles. And uh, one day my frog was gone. It was just missing. And I found it days later under a rug all smashed up. I don't even know if if it smelled because no one seemed to notice. It was by the time I found it, it was, I mean, it might as well have been a mummy of a frog. I knew it was a frog, but I, there was no opportunity even to really mourn the frog. And then the other frog, the bullfrog frog, just died. I just found it in the aquarium dead. So I don't know what happened. I have I do not have a good history with animals. My even my dog Grunt, my favorite dog. I had this dog. I had three or four dogs that had wandered up. Puppies had wandered up in the trailer park yard, and I don't know what happened to the others. But I ended up keeping one, and it used to make a grunting noise. So my friends Brandon and Greg told me that I should name the dog Grunt. So I did, and I love Grunt. Who knows how well I took care of Grunt. Grunt was an outside dog. Back then, you could have outside dogs. This dog just hung around. I would feed it. I believe I had a doghouse for it, but it mostly slept under the porch. And one time it snowed, and we let Grunt in the house when it snowed. But that was the only time. But Grunt disappeared. I don't even know what happened to Grunt. One day, I came home from my dad's. And Grunt was gone. That's what would happen. Every other weekend, I would leave and go spend two days at my dad's house. And so, all my animals would die while I was gone. So, I don't know what was happening around the trailer when I wasn't around. But they weren't being nice to my animals. I don't know that to be true. Let's see. I feel like there was another animal that I wanted to talk about. I had, oh. Oh, and this was when I lived in the house... I don't know what happened to this animal, so I can't say. And I never had it as a pet. But I was this was at the old house that I used to live in, the house we refer to as the rat house, which is a sad way to refer to it because I love that house. It was built in the early 1800s, very nice house, but it had a lot of rats in it. Um, and I had this, um, so I was outside and I found this bird, baby bird, on the ground. And I thought, oh, no. I cannot let this baby bird die out here like this. So I picked the baby bird up. I grabbed some grass. I put some of that grass, like cut down like straw, put it in a little bowl, put the bird in there like a little nest. I made a little homemade nest. And I thought, man, I bet this bird is hungry. So because it kept lifting up its head and opening up its mouth. And I'm like, I bet it's dinner time. And this bird is hungry. Never mind that he's possibly fallen a great uh, deal of height to end up on the ground. He needs food. He's probably terrified, but I'm betting the one thing on his mind right now is I'd like to put something in my belly. You know, there's a lot of changes have happened here recently uh, with my living situation and with my, you know, my pain factor. But what I'd like to get remedied right now is the hunger pains. If I can get that out of the way, then I can think clearly, maybe try to get my eyes opened, start figuring out how to grow feathers fast. But I grabbed him up. I scooped him up, and I dug up a worm. I know how to get worms pretty quick. I'm, I'm a worm. If you need a worm, you let me know. I can get you some worms. And 
I went and dug up a worm and I broke it up into a little piece. And when the um, bird opened its mouth, I dropped a little piece of that little piece of that uh, worm into his mouth. And I thought he ate it. I thought, wow, this is great. I thought, but I bet he needs something to drink. So I got a little water out of a dropper, and I just kind of dropped some drops down his throat too. And then, uh, and then the the he kind of like throws up a little bit, and the worm comes back up. So I thought, okay, maybe not ready for that. So that's when I began to look around for what nest he might have fallen out of, and I saw a nest with some other baby birds in there near where he had fallen out. And I said, you know what? I bet that's it. So I went. And got a ladder, and I got climbed up in that ladder, and I dropped that bird off right in that nest. And when I did, all of the birds started to chirp a lot. <laughs> Excuse me. All of those birds started to chirp a lot. I don't know if they were happy or if they were terrified. But later, the mom came back. And I don't know what happened, but I like to think that the bird survived. But he survived with a story. He's sitting up in his nest and he's going, he's looking down on humans. And he's saying, you see those people down there? One day I had, what would you call it? One day I had a, uh, oh, I can't think of the word. One day I had some contact with these humans. I had an A, I can't, I can't think of what the word was. One day, one of those humans picked me up, put me in a bowl with some grass, stuffed a worm down my throat, tried to drown me. And then drop me back off in the nest. Can you believe that? And everyone thinks he's crazy. That, that's like that bird's alien abduction story. Everybody's like, yeah, we know you were abducted by the humans. They messed around with you. We know. He's like, I'm telling you it happened. You don't remember because your eyes were closed back then. Mine too. But I know it was them. I know how they handled me, and I've watched their features now. That's definitely them. But they don't believe it. They're not buying it. They're like, listen, we're not buying it, bird. You're crazy. You've been crazy since you were born. Even, you know, mom tried to throw you out of the nest, but you worked your way back in there. You've always been crazy. So, I don't know. So, that's my history with pets. Um, And... Uh, you know, I hope that you've uh, you've enjoyed this podcast. I'm going to keep these coming. I am enjoying the kind of in-the-bed, lazy-day podcast that I've been doing. And I'm going to try to do more frequent podcasts just because. I feel like I have a bunch of things to talk about, and then I let too much time pass, and then those things come out of my head. But great time in Houston at the Improv. Great time in Wichita at the Looney Bin. Great time at Fort Hayes. State University in Hayes, Kansas. Great time on the David Spade Show. Lights out on Comedy Central in LA. And a great time at the Edmonton Comedy Festival in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Wonderful time. Happy to be in it. Hopefully I'll see people this weekend in either LA or uh, Wyoming. Next week, hopefully I'll see you at Zany's or at the Grand Old Opry. Thank you very much. We're having a good time. (laughs) 